Welcome to the Vietnam Rising Podcast, where we have a discussion with the shakers and movers individuals in Vietnam about the opportunities in the business scene. I am your host, Minh Tham, and let's tune in to catch the inspiring stories, business opportunities, and how to navigate your way in this rising economy. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Vietnam Rising Podcast. I'm your host, Minh Tham, and this episode is done virtually as well, as we all should practice social distancing due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We're now recording from the studios. We excuse any background noise as I'm currently recording from Silent Sibling Cafe. And joining with me is my friend, Tham. Tham. We are going to discuss how things have changed us during this time and yeah and how yeah and we're just gonna catch up how things been going hi Tom how are you doing hello hello Tom as well there's many Tom's <laughs> here yes uh, well, we share like, the same name <laughs> in our, yes in our group we know like how many five thumbs. five five yes we have five Tom. you should you should do an episode where there's like all thumbs on the on the show. <laughs> oh yeah, that would you know? be awesome. Because like all thumb is now yeah. like in the US and yeah. somewhere else too, so it's like a global conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I realize like we did not coordinate this, but you do have to talk about it, especially if you post this on YouTube, because like you're wearing yellow and then my the sign in the in you know in our cafe is yellow. And then yeah. I'm wearing red. I realize yeah. that's red, the pillows yeah. are red. Yeah, that was all coincidence, and then you know it's like represents the Vietnam flag. Yeah, yeah, red and yellow. Are you, call, are you calling it from really. Singapore? though? No, it's not from Vietnam. So I'm so. It's, well, so the funny thing is, yeah. like, you're the owner of Saigon Sibling in Vietnam, and I'm yeah. in the Saigon in, in the Saigon Sibling Cafe right now. Yeah, it's and cool. You're it's not cool. here. <laughs> that's, that's called community. Yeah, showing love. Mm-hmm. You know, supporting the um, uh, SME. <laughs> yes, yes, which is the backbone of the economy. We'll we'll get into that later. later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so are you? Um, am I? Are we the first episode since the whole COVID? No, no. You interviewed Charles or talked to well, Charles. Well, all the episode that I did previously was done in the studio before the lockdown okay. and everything. So uh, yes, okay. so it so this is the first virtual episode I that Ooh, okay. so you're a special guest. <laughs> All right, so it should be yeah the the line on YouTube or you know on Apple Podcast. It was like the first virtual. Yes. Of, of the you know first episode in the virtual series. So you're probably gonna <laughs> yes. have a lot. Uh huh. Well, hopefully um, not, because you know hopefully this lockdown. So previously, Vietnam just had the lockdown like two days ago. So hopefully okay. in the next two, three weeks, it's gonna back to normal soon. How, how about you? Like you're living yeah. in Singapore right now, how's things been for you? Um, yeah, I think it's hard not to like watch the news. So, I mean, the situation here, I think, you know, as of recording today, we're at like 800 cases. Well, I mean, in Singapore? Singapore yeah, yeah, it's, it's, wow. a, it's 800. I could check right now on the, I'm, I'm subscribed to the WhatsApp. Uh, the government WhatsApp. That's crazy because like I, I thought last week was only like about 300. Yeah, as, as of yeah, as of 1020 last night, we were at 802 total cases. Mm. You know, um, 
remaining in the hospital though is 420, but they just give you the total so far, right? But doesn't the active case is 420 if you if you do it like that. So you know, so the number, the actual number is 420 in terms of that are in the hospital, but mm -hmm. so far 802 cases. So mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, of course, relative to you know the population, which is what like a little over five million, including all the foreigners, it's a pretty high number percentage wise. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think. Um, the government, just like Vietnam, I don't think there's enough talk about Vietnam, though, but I think the governments are doing a really good job, you know? So, mm -hmm. I mean, I still, we're all practicing social distancing, but I'm still going out to, like, walk around, but I don't walk near people. I try not to, obviously. I try not to take public transport. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm following the rules. Like, if you go out, you know, since I am an owner of uh, F&B as well, I want to support. I buy takeaway or I go and support the small business if I can you know mm -hmm. but you know all the seats now actually I just shared an album on Facebook but they all I, I'm collecting all the pictures of like the social distancing they put an x where you cannot sit so. oh okay but yeah <laughs> yeah but I still like the young people aren't taking it seriously right the young yeah. people I guess you're you're you're, you're <laughs> part of that group so I'm kind oh, wow. of too you know yeah you we were so. all in that group where you know we're not in the age yeah. where it's dangerous to us statistically not as, people are not like yeah 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 exactly so now what's right i know obviously in vietnam the government has to crack down right mm -hmm. i think about it you know all the governments they have to panic because most of them are older people <laughs> so they're like damn you young people you're gonna kill us so they're gonna lock down you know they're gonna protect themselves in the government right well yeah exactly <laughs> well it's always yeah. good you know because if we even where we are young people, then we still have a lot of families and relatives that are like much older, right? So I think it's just a exactly. social responsibility to just make sure that, you know, we don't infect other people. And I think exactly. right now they're they saying that like, um, even young people, they still will have very serious effect if they got COVID though. Like their no, lungs are like seriously damaged. Yeah, yeah. It's too soon, I still think. I mean, the doctors, man, there's so much information they're trying to collect, right? Every day we're learning more as there's more cases. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it is too soon. I mean, there are young people that have died with pre-existing conditions, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know there was somebody my age who passed away, 34, who passed away, but he did have cancer before that. He relapsed too. He has an asthma like me, right? But mm -hmm. so younger people are are dying from this too. So, you know, yeah. I don't have many cases. So we all just need to now, it's gotten a point where serious, you know, I remember like January when it started happening, like right before that, you know, I was on the plane to Bangkok that it was starting to break out and became a big deal. I remember I was on the plane with my colleagues. We we're heading to Bangkok for a workshop. And even then I didn't take it seriously. They were wearing face masks. But you know, at that point, nobody on the plane was, we we're having a flight. It was January 21st. Yeah. And then, yeah, I remember I was like, okay, calm, like, let's calm down. It's like, and you know, at that time too, I was one of those people where, you know, the, I don't know if you heard the fact or the statistic going around. It was like, oh yeah, more people die from the flu. Calm, calm the hell down. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was one of those people, you know, again, but you didn't realize that how much more contagious it was. And it was mm. too soon to say anything. And I was foolish too. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not going to hide because at, at that time I was like, oh yeah, you guys need to calm down. You know, we we're still going. <laughs> We were still going out. There was no social distancing. It wasn't really, you didn't hear it then. Not, not right before that, you know, you, mm -hmm. you heard a little bit, mm -hmm. but it didn't, people were definitely not taking it as serious as we are right now. Right? Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, it was, if it is in January, then it just started to break out like uh, maybe a few weeks before that. 
So yeah, we clearly don't have enough information how like, infectious yeah. it is and how dangerous yeah. it is. So yeah, like those all those yeah. assume like assumption is also you know pretty understandable. Yeah. Like personally, yeah, I was like I, I literally asking you know I was calm emotional friend like fee i was like hey like is it like dangerous should i be concerned about it and he was like no like it should not be concerned even though the uh the fatality rate is quite high but then uh, you shouldn't be concerned at all yeah but yeah i think mm-hmm. i think things are changing right now so how it things is, are you know, right now for your business um it's tough i know i know you know and as a friend too and you've probably been hearing like it's um it's tough. I mean, I just wrote a post yesterday on my Facebook, you know, about that whole Buddha bar incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all know about that. If you're anybody in Saigon, right? Yes. Yeah, so was, for the audience, the ties- then the Buddha bar uh, incident is, um, yeah. so the weekend before that happened, like the uh, authority are ordered all the bars in Ho Chi Minh city and Saigon has to be closed, but uh, that bar, they um, still open after that um that order and it happened to uh there was a positive case that went there and then yeah and then he spread to for he spread to like five or six yeah, more people yeah. right now so yeah that's the Buddha so, bar incident yeah yeah to clarify i know that um to clarify i don't think they had to close at that time yet but you weren't or i don't know if they did in district two i knew it was district one but i knew they were not allowed to have gatherings but well, they, the, the no, big no, no. issue so, wasn't that they were open. Mm-hmm. It's because they threw a party, right? It was the yeah. St. Patrick's Day party. They threw yeah. a party during this time. Yeah. And that's what, you know, and I, I bring that up because, you know, obviously since then, along with the Hanoi girl, and we don't, you know, again, there's a lot of mixed news, but that kind of caused the, the second wave, right? Because you remember mm-hmm. Vietnam only had like, before that, what, 20, less than 20 cases? Yeah, Even, yeah, 60. We have 60. They, they treated them. Yeah, and then and, we uh, have like a 20 days of no case, no new case. Yeah. And then, like, since and the then, 17, we'll go up oh. to, like, 170 right now. Yeah. And and the, the reason I bring it up, and you're asking about business, to, to bring it back to that, is because, you know, last Thursday, um, COPAC, which is where one of our spaces are, with, with um, which is Modern Hustle, which is, you mm-hmm. know, a cafe, bar, event space, uh, which we share with Charles, who you uh, previously mm-hmm. interviewed with Coder School. And, yeah, we had to, for now, we just have to close indefinitely. Because uh, one of the suspected cases there, you know, people showed up, the government showed up with the, the hazmat suits, you know, and everything, mm-hmm. and the police stopped. Because, you know, one of the suspected cases is a 31-year-old British female who was at the Buddha bar party. So, ah. you know, see, and my point to share is that the actions of a few affect the many, right? And it, it's not now to point blame or anything. It's already done. But it is scary. It, it like, you, who would have thought? It led to so many things. AP confirmed cases now over a hundred people quarantined from that part because of that party indirectly. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, all those people going out every day, still meeting other people, they have to trace through the, um, the contact tracing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so again, b- back to the business. Yeah. You know, we were still up until recently, you know, modern hustle. Um, we were still, at least for that location, we were still serving customers who still go in the office. Right. Um, Cause it, uh, as of, you know, before it was so okay to, to be open, but on a, we limit you have to limit your hours. And of course we were doing social distancing too. People not sitting near each other and we we're mainly doing delivery takeaway, but right now we're closed. Uh, it is a really tough time. And I know you, you, you have other friends in hospitality and food and beverage. So it's a horrible time to be in. 
because it's like because you you we are what are we in the business you're sitting in our cafe that's very meaningful the you know the original the first location we're in the business of bringing people together right mm-hmm. yeah and right now we're not allowed to be together so <laughs> the business is done right it's like ah uh, and uh, you know we're beyond just we were not we're trying to survive now mm-hmm. you know and we do delivery right and we do takeout but that's never been our focus. We never really push grab food or all this stuff, right? So yeah. a lot of people, everyone, just like us, is trying to jump on that. Mm-hmm. But we were always in, I believe, when I started this, you know, first started this with um, my brother-in-law and my sister, you know, it was about bringing people together. As you know, the place we're sitting in is, mm-hmm. uh, was originally it's my grandfather's home. Mm-hmm. It's about the space. I turned that into a dead, from a dead space into a very lively space. And more importantly, it was, as you know, we have the um, nine rooms upstairs for the homestay. So we were really about bringing people together, right? Um, international people uh, from all over the world. We, we've welcomed, I think now, over 5,000 people in the three years of business, you know, in the homestay upstairs. Yeah. We have welcomed over 50 countries. Wow. Uh, I have it all, tra- like, booking.com and Airbnb. And, like, you know, we have, like, over 1,000 reviews, five-star. Like, it, we, we, it's an awesome time. We brought people together locally. You know, obviously, as you know, we got a lot of uh, local young Vietnamese, older Vietnamese to everybody. So it was about, it is about bringing people together. And mm-hmm. that's why so many people are struggling, right? And mm-hmm. again, since the, the Buddha Bar incident, the government has to. And I agree, because even if we are struggling, they have to crack down because it's, um, I was listening to the, I think his name is David Myers. I was listening to another podcast. You know, I'm a big fan of podcasts. Yeah. Um, I'm listening to the one uh, Masters of Scale by Reed Hoffman, the founder mm-hmm. of LinkedIn. Yeah. And uh, he's uh, was interviewing. I, I might be wrong. His name is David Myers, the founder of Shake Shack and some others. It's a okay. Union Square hospitality, but but he had a really good quote, which I did mention yesterday in my post. Just right now, all of us are like, including the government, I guess the whole world. We are, we are. You know, it's like chemotherapy, which I know you're familiar with for personal reasons, but you have to kill. A bit of ourselves now to save ourselves right chemotherapy mm-hmm. you kill the, the good cells right and the, to also kill the bad cells mm-hmm. and uh, it's scary so for us right now you already know we've had to um cut hours or pretty much close down most mm-hmm. of our business yeah. you're sitting in what's left of it and as you see there's mm-hmm. nobody there we're not allowed to welcome anybody and we've actually had customers coming so but you know we have to be responsible even before that and also it, you know the the government has mandated and we were definitely going to follow the, yeah. the law and also just even if it wasn't the law but just to make sure we can get over this but but you know we've had to let people go we're gonna let mm-hmm. more people go it's a scary time mm-hmm. i'm i'm as scared of the virus now as i am of what's going to happen to the economy or is already happening yeah. it's actually a good time we did this podcast you know yesterday i was going down the the elevator here in the building and uh, i saw i try not to watch news but you know they played on the elevator tv uh, as officially as of yesterday, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, declared us a global recession. We are officially in a global recession, right? Mm-hmm. Because of trade is, and GDP is down like crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, that's it's, how it's, business it's is doing. It's a crazy moment to, to be, right? It's, it's, it's a crazy time to be because, because before your business would focus in growth. Right. You focus in like how to get more customer, how to get, you know, more expansion. Yeah. But then now your focus is how to survive, how to just maintain what's what's already there just to get through the time. Yeah. yeah. And then now you have to yeah. evaluate like what is the most important thing that you have to keep and then 
what are the other things even if it's hard you have to let go yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's it's um now's the time where i guess we're all being tested Mm -hmm. um, and you, we all know that you and I sitting here, if we we're sitting in a room of like with a hundred people, 90 of those people, if they were running a business, won't make it. Right. And mm -hmm. I'm probably, we, I don't know, we, we may or may not make it. We're mm -hmm. doing our best. As I said, we're doing chemotherapy in our own business Yes, and we're, <laughs> we're trying, but it's tough decisions to make. And, and so, you know, and to add to that, you know, I'm working, I can't even be there. Obviously literally there's a travel ban. And uh, we have to, you know, let people go remotely and not, not even being there face to face. It's not a good mm -hmm. feeling, mm -hmm. you know, to feel like a Bruce in Seattle to be with my mother and father and, mm -hmm. uh, no, you know, we're not there to, to directly to be a human, mm -hmm. you know, to be compassionate, to, mm -hmm. to talk to somebody, look at them in the face in person and during this time. But this is, this is the new norm. Um, and I think that's a big part of it too. If I were to segue a bit, like I was, talking to um you know some other friends virtually and we were just and then i've been doing a lot of calls so for mm -hmm. my you know my day job i i to, to highlight that I, before this i think you know too, i was traveling a lot <laughs> like to thailand to vietnam hanoi mainly yeah um, and yeah doing a lot of travel for for work around the region um working on environmental consulting you know mm -hmm. um helping to drive a circular economy which we can talk uh, if we want to highlight but I was traveling a lot, but now, you know, everything, obviously we're not allowed to travel. A lot of our things were canceled and now some things are completely just canceled. Big conferences, meetings, mm -hmm. we're supposed to have a very big, um, uh, conference with the UNDP, the United Nations development program in Da Nang. Of mm -hmm. course, the government it was supposed to be last week. The government was like, no, so that's delayed indefinitely. And then we, a lot of our client meetings are now virtually, mm -hmm. um, and we've been having video calls like this, you know, mm -hmm. which brings up a good point. Everyone thinks that, and I, I do believe we were moving in that direction, but man, Corona, like COVID-19 has just like accelerated all this now. Yeah. And I think this is like, it scares me. And I don't think we have a lot of time to talk about this in. I don't want to bore everyone. But like, it does scare <laughs> me because I think this is the future that I'm like, mm -hmm. a lot of it, it's accelerating now. Mm -hmm. Like, because companies will realize, especially corporations, right? They always are about saving money. Mm -hmm. And if they can cost cut, and now that we can do all this without traveling, most of it, you know, is going to be, this is going to be the new norm. We're going to have a lot of meetings like this, even when COVID's done. Yeah. I don't know what the number would be, but let's say we're going to see like, it could be 5%, it could be 30%, but we will see a lot more now, you know, remote working, distributed mm -hmm. teams. Yeah. And companies will be like, yo, I don't, I don't need to rent an office in downtown Saigon by Texaco for a hundred dollars a square meter or in downtown Singapore for you know, a hundred dollars a square meter. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They'll be like, wait a minute, we can all be distributed or it's just going to be a really small office and they'll save money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I would, what I would hope for is that then if those are those cost savings, then it goes to, to help to pay people more. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah. we, you know, that's probably wishful thinking because corporations, they'll be like, uh, you know, the savings will either go to the C-suite or to mm -hmm. probably the shareholders or whatever. I mean, you know? there's always a saying that like during like hard times like it, especially recessions or like global, like global economy recessions, that it's always an opportunity for things for new business to grow and thrive. And as you can see right now, we're calling from Zoom, which um, from the news, I heard that there's stock, that stock prices like go 
so high because now everybody's on Zoom, right? Billions of people are using Zoom right yeah. now. And then I'm sure that there's other like ideas and people that are doing it, like are trying to get a tap yeah. on it. So it's not only just about, uh, okay, the economy is slowing down, but then there's also a lot of opportunities for people who could see it and that, even grab it. That's a really, you have a really good attitude. I tend to, you know, as an entrepreneur, people always forget that. They always think we're risk takers. We are to some level. Mm -hmm. But we're also like lawyers in a way. Not not, not as bad. <laughs> but we we are risk mitigators, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've been approaching everything with a lot of caution and I'm concerned and it, it's part of my job. But at the same time, we you know, you're right. In in any crisis there's opportunity. Mm -hmm. That that's I mean, that's what you're saying. And of course a lot of companies are thriving, right? We already know like Unilever, they're saying a ton of like light boy, like the hand yeah. soap, right? Hand mm -hmm. The face mask and all the remote working, like Amazon is killing it. anything e-commerce, delivery, right? Deliveroo over here, grab food. I mean, yeah, look, come on, they're killing it. They're doing way better. Yeah. Um, so there will be companies, of course, that will, will capitalize on this. Mm -hmm. um, but it goes back to my concern is, you know, that's all like, most of this is tech, right? Mm -hmm. And we glorify the hell out of it. Look, and I'm not knocking it. Like people make a ton of money in this space, mm -hmm. but I hate to bring it back to the negative. It's not the negative, but it's just the reality. I'm like, what about yeah. most of the workforce is not in tech. They're not at Google. They're not at Microsoft. They're not at Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're right next to you downstairs. They're the ones at the hotel working front desk before. They're the tour operators taking all of the, you know, the amazing guests that come to Vietnam yeah. and taking them on tours, all the young college students, mm -hmm. all of that. Like they can't work remotely. There is no job. Yes. What about them? Yes. You know, like mm -hmm. I am, I, you and I are lucky enough. Like I'm working remotely now. It's easy mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, and even I'm concerned, right? Are people going to be cutting a lot of budgets? You know, again, we're entering a recession. Everyone's going to be saving cash, preserving cash. Mm -hmm. But if we do that, and that's why governments now, now you see is a time when there needs to be good government mm -hmm. because I, I don't know how we're going to help all these people, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, a few days ago, Singapore, if I could just talk about that real quick, they just launched the, they called the resilience budget. Mm -hmm. They're pumping in like 52 total, 52 billion mm -hmm. um, Singapore dollars, which is 30 something billion US. Mm -hmm. Again, relative to the US is like a tiny, but you know, fraction but for, for the economy here, it's quite a bit. And, uh, but they're paying directly. I want to highlight this because I think this is what it takes. Um, I'm not a politician, you know, but like they're dumping not dumping, but they're making sure the money reaches the right people. Like mm -hmm. I've always been concerned about what they're trying to do in the U.S. You know, these these damn bailouts always just help these big banks, just like the 2009 financial crisis. Yeah, mm -hmm. small businesses, so many people suffer. Mm -hmm. And like, so in Singapore, they actually will, they will subsidize. If you work in food and beverage or hospitality, mm -hmm. the, yeah. you know, the really impact industries, they pay 50% of your salary. I think mm -hmm. for at least the next three months. So they will mm -hmm. help the companies to stay afloat. So if you're a business owner here, they will help the salary because they know that we're all struggling, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, Vietnam, unfortunately, does not have those kind of resources. So they're mm -hmm. going to have, they're going to have to figure something out, you know, but that, that was, when I saw that, that really touched me because that's, that's really trying to reach, look, it's an effort to reach the right people to really help mm -hmm. because they, they're also smart because look, if as a business owner, if I let go of my staff, I'm not paying them and they're struggling and all these people are struggling, somebody's going to have to pay for them. Mm -hmm. Right. It's going to be a social welfare. It's going to be somebody else anyways. So mm -hmm. why not keep them productive? Why not keep them somewhat working somehow and working together with the small businesses? Right. Which is, again, the backbone of most economies, not the mm -hmm. tech. 
Um, and I don't want to knock it. I know your point. Like there's still a lot of opportunity, all this stuff. And even I'm trying to operate more from a place of like, you know, excitement and seeing opportunity instead mm -hmm. of just operating from a place of fear. But mm -hmm. it is, you know, it is scary times ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I agree. And I think for, yeah. for the past few years, the world has been talking about like, you know, the workforce has to be moving up, have to change because AI gonna take over, robots gonna take over. And then I think this is just uh, accelerations for all of that because now, because tech gonna be so involved, people that unable to work remotely or cannot find jobs in their field, they have to find some ways for other industry and, that, and they need to fill in um, different skill sets. So I think in, yeah. in in stress times like this, there there's there will be a few industries that's still gonna like you know going well, which is one is necessity, you know like food, drinks, yeah. like right now it's face mask and hand sanitizer, and um, also what else? Uh, education and medical. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Education, right? That that's also a good thing, right? There's been a lot of stuff that should probably have been going online more. But yeah. now it's like, like I, like I was, we were talking earlier, yeah. it's now just forced, right? It's just like, yo, everyone's moving online classes right now. You have mm -hmm. to. And for the longest time, even in the U.S., man, they're so behind. The government's so freaking behind. Yeah. They should have been doing a lot of this. Like, like, why can't you just, you know, a lot of the voting, a lot of stuff that could just be done so easily online. Yeah. I mean, in a way, we, in the past, we already did it remotely anyways. You can mail, you know snail mail yeah. literally mail things in that's the same thing as remote so um yeah yeah you know there's like a lot of stuff so it's, yeah um, like my uh, my yeah. siblings classes like teachers are trying to do like zoom class they would just assign yeah. stuff but yeah of course right now because yeah. everything's so new it's not really effective yet but yeah. that's the that's the growing pain because you got to see how difficult it is where and, to, and then you have to find solution around it. and i think that's the beauty exactly yeah yeah yeah, right now we, it, that, that's the thing, right? We definitely were not ready for this. And that's, but that's what most things in life, right? I wasn't ready yeah. for a lot of stuff too. Like mm -hmm. you aren't, and we just get stuff thrown at us. So now we were definitely not ready for any of this. And as you see, the internet, the bandwidth has been total crap lately, right? I'm surprised I could see you so clearly. <laughs> Everyone's online. Zoom, all these apps, we're all trying to figure it out. You know, it's like, so yeah. a lot of it's like, like slow. Yeah, we're just figuring everything out now. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, um, I just think yeah after and I hope it's sooner than later when things mm -hmm. return to as normal as can be. Yeah. Uh I, I'm curious to see like what stays on though. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. maybe yeah, maybe the new thing will be like companies will work from home. Mm -hmm. They'll have a smaller office and yeah, they work from home like three days a week, two days a week. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then schools will now offer even more online yeah. courses, you know. So, Do you think that um like people always say that you all, you should always have like a rainy day uh, budget account so that just for emergency like this you should use but then like usually it said like you, you should have a three months rainy day budget right but now like everything has been going so much longer you see that uh, after this what would we learn from it like, would we um, have to make sure that we always have cash or how, how are things like personally or as business owner how do you do it yeah I mean I mean the short answer is of course like yes like a big yes you always you always should have cash reserves, right? You always heard this saying, like when I was young too, uh, cash is king, right? It's like mm. cash flow makes or break most businesses, not necessarily profitability. Because, yeah. you know, you can be profitable, but if you don't have cash that month, you're screwed. And I've been through that. Like, mm. you know, I've been through a lot as a small business owner, you know, from 
multiple locations to 40 staff to like much less now we went through a lot on our own mm -hmm. shovel and yes i mean like now is a good test for everyone i think we will learn um especially the younger generation because those that are older they went through the 2009 financial crisis you know what i mean mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. they're probably more prepared i would like to think so that was a big lesson i mean a lot of people lost everything mm -hmm. this time i don't i don't know what's going to happen we're just entering it europe america it's just starting, right? People, you're hearing thousands of layoffs, like our unemployment supposed to hit like 30% or something crazy. I don't know. It, it's a scary number. So if you don't, yeah, if you don't have cash, and that's why I said the government's going to have to step in, and they did. That's why they're trying to pump in money. But the reality is if you don't get it to the right people, again, it doesn't matter if it's just these damn banks. Yeah. Who cares? You know, if it just helps this 1%, all this corruption, you know, like making sure that it reaches the people. Mm -hmm. because yeah uh, most people live paycheck to paycheck though that's the issue yeah. so back to your point yeah we need to make sure we um I, I think it's very important going forward to we are preserving cash i've cut a lot of my own expenses just because mm -hmm. i don't i'm not as cash rich as i i was unfortunately just because of certain investments so you know now i gotta be really careful i, I mm -hmm. i've seen i've been talking to a lot of friends most people have runway you know for like at least three months six months that's scary because this thing looks like it could last easily like longer, a year, you know? yeah, Again. six months, a month, yeah, a year. I, I hear, I hear, I hear a lot of talk about that. So I'm, I am, again, I'm, I'm not the most, yeah, you know, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I, as they say, hoping for the best, expect the worst. But I, yeah, it doesn't, to me, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seriously concerned, you know? I have a lot mm -hmm. of friends in, in, in all areas that are doing really well right now still. That are not doing well at all you know i see it from a to z and it's so that's why i'm like yeah i think the best thing you do now is is like again that's the chemo thing is just cut a lot cut a lot of expenses so that we it, these are the hard decisions but this is the only way either save part of it you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it sounds very very like vulgar but like you know sometimes you gotta like chop off your leg or save your whole body you know but really that's what yeah. we're doing mm -hmm. so yeah. Yes, save money. Is anyone <laughs> you know right now is doing investing because they already suspecting this going to happen and they starting to buy stocks since the stock market is like going down? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know a lot of friends have been doing that. I mean, and people, you know, everyone's been doing that for a while, right? But some people have mm -hmm. been shorting oil before they knew oil was going to tank or, you know, now gold's going up. Um, there's a lot of investment areas. And I think, um, I honestly think the bottom hasn't hit yet. And again, you, you know, you could quote me like three months from now and we could see if I'm wrong or right. But I think right now this is not even the bottom yet because the U.S. hasn't even been hit that hard. The layoffs are only just starting, right? Money is going to dry up. Capital cash flow is drying up. So, we'll, you know, so we're going to see. I, I think it's going to be worse. Yeah. I, I really do. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about something more positive then. Um, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this episode is quite, quite dark. Yeah. 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 But yes, yes. So every, everyone, everyone must work out. There's something positive. You know, everyone's yeah. staying at home. Well, I think, look, the positive side is, I want to say too, we've been through, I think about my parents, you know, again, my parents, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't think I shared before, but my parents are both people, right? They were the, the refugees my point of bringing that up is not for sympathy it's that i was talking to um you know my other friend kimball and we were just like yo like my parents i was worried about them they're in seattle which is pretty worse bad hit mm -hmm. um the worst and that's where i started and you know 
in the US pretty much. I mean, now New York's worse, but um, they lived in a refugee camp in Indonesia for 13 months. My sister was born in a refugee camp. You know, they're, they're, they escaped war, they, they've, you know, pirates, robbery, all kinds of stuff. You know, they've seen some really messed up stuff. And this isn't that bad. If you want to talk about being positive, at the same time, we will get through this as, as a human, just, you know, as a human race. Like, I think this is, you know, we've been through a lot. You know, yeah. people were poor lining up and for food. This is nowhere near that bad. I mean, right now, like, you know, we have friends, Kevin, many others that are home quarantined, staying home. Like, I remember the meme. It's so funny. It's like, if this is what we have to do to save the world, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like, we have to stay home. Like, yeah. people need to calm the hell down. Like, it ain't that bad. Like, I just been going, walking around and, and, and you know, staying away from crowds for sure. I mean, just, it's just that, that, that we haven't witnessed something like that in our time yet. And now yeah, it's yeah. the first event so, that we ever experienced that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it's exactly. going to make but us stronger. Because yeah. mm -hmm. for, for, for my Always. personal experience, um, so my, um, so I started working in, um, in the business I'm in right now. And it's actually, right now, I'm, my feeling for this pandemic is quite, you know, neutral. I'm not very scared, but I'm not very stressed of this because I've been through worse stress, you know? Cause like when I was first starting the business, um, uh, I was helping out with my family business and it was going through a really hard time. We always, we almost mm -hmm. go bankrupt. So the first three years of me doing business is just, just try to surviving and just try to make cash flow, just yeah, just everything that everybody's doing right now, I already deal with that for for a long time. So when this happened yeah. again, I'm just like, okay, I know what I need to do. And I feel like, yeah, I'm not as stressed. I'm not as scared because I've been through. I know that stress is where I thrive the most, right? And I feel like that's yeah. the most for a lot of people too. When you don't have any other opportunities or you don't have any other options, you will try your best yeah. to get through get through it. And I think, yeah, that's one thing yeah. that people should look into it. You know, yeah. you should embrace it, not just to scare it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a fun time, you know, at the same, like everyone's also online. Now it's funny. Everyone is reconnecting with each other. Cause you're like, yes. So you're you know, texting everybody. Yeah. Make sure house, everybody's the house party yeah. app. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's talking to each other more. I feel it's, it's, it's funny. Like we, we're all supposed to social, you know, the social distancing. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we're all growing closer to each other. Well, at least through the online meeting, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's that is a positive. Mm -hmm. The only thing is, I hope you know we're all we're all joking with each other. I'm sure you want to like we're all gonna get fat if you just sit at home, you know, and just like <laughs> unhealthy order delivery. Uh -huh. So I, uh, you know, I'm encouraging everyone. You want to be positive. I work out every day. Mm -hmm. I make sure I uh, meditate every day. Right now, mm -hmm. I meditate every morning. Nothing crazy, just 15 minutes a day. Yeah, um, that helps a lot. And I, you know, don't watch the news all the time because that's super negative. Yeah, I it's not good for you. Don't watch news all the yeah. time. But yeah, you know, I make sure like you could just work out at home. I think everyone should do it. It makes you definitely feel better mentally. Mm -hmm. I call the people that matter to me every day. I try to, mm -hmm. you know, and then um, just yeah, make sure you move around. I think that's important. Even in the house, just making sure you move, not just sitting, yeah. doing yeah. like jumping jacks, burpees, all that's like super helpful. Yeah. Do you think that right um, now, because of this, um, it's not because of this glo uh, uh, global recession, right? But because this event is like a health related event. So now a lot of people not, you know, 
they stop worrying about the money. Well, they still worry about mm-hmm. money, but now more things yeah. are have higher priority where, th- where we usually neglect it, right? Health or like family connections or like friends, all this stuff before we, we used to not appreciate that much. But now because things feel fragile, you, more, you appreciate everything more. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, this is all making us reflect a lot, right? Everyone mm-hmm. is spending a lot more time at home. But I just hope that we all are just spending time to actually reflect and by ourselves, right? Because it's so now everyone's scared that we're at home, but we're also, at, we just talked about, right? We're all connected online still. You're like, uh-huh. are you actually alone with your own thoughts? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, or are we at home, but online mm-hmm. connected on the screen? <laughs> uh, even I do it right I have my screen on with like my sister or my mom and dad for like hours mm-hmm. you know and it is it's important to do that and then I think we all we're spending so much time online so we got to make sure are we disconnecting mm-hmm. and that, that that's the only thing I wanted to say that's that made me remember you remember before all this thing like before COVID we were like um talking about how we uh you know everything was about like disconnecting and having your zen mode not being on your laptop, going out and enjoying nature mm. and not being on your phones all the time, addicted to our devices. And then bam, COVID hit. It's kind of funny. I feel like at the same time, they made it like now it's back to this, but even amplified, right? Times a thousand. Now we're always online. Like you work from home, so you're on your laptop all day, which I am. And then usually you go drink with your friends or you want to go connect face to face. But now we can only do it also through the screen, right? So now you're on the screen even more, your screen time. So I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> You know, like it's even well, more time you, online. You can always you. read book and you can always, you know, yeah, meditate and not yeah. look at the screen. Yeah, you know, we want to socialize, but like the only way to socialize now is like like this. Yeah, that's true. So at least to be responsible anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, mm. I don't know. Tell me a little bit yeah. more about like, how did you like, when did you start your F&B business? Um, that was end of the, like the first entrepreneur like experience you had, and then play on siblings because I know you have multiple. Oh, ones. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, yeah, everyone close to me growing up like knows um, you know, I've never been a. I mean, I did well in school, but I've always been like a fan of uh, they say like uh you know, education on the streets, if you will, like a hustler. I mean, I, I was like, if you talk about entrepreneurship, that started when I was in, it started when I was in sixth grade. That's when it all started since then. I, yeah, yeah, for sure. I like, um, my best friend Kevin knows too. It's like, I used to like going to middle school, you know, on the weekends, I would go to church in Chinatown and then I would buy by me. It's like, back then it's like a dollar. I remember like a dollar 25, a dollar 50. This is in the U.S. in Seattle. And then on Monday, the next day, because this is on Sunday, Monday, I go to school and bring it to lunch. And I sell it to like, you know, all the, uh, for lack of a better term, I sell it to all the non-Asian kids, you know, the white, white and black kids. They love bun me. They don't know where to get it. And then I would flip it. I would, se- I would sell it for, I would sell it for $2. Uh-huh. You know, I'd make 75 cents profit or 50 cents. I sell it for even $3. I still remember. I'd make, you know, I, and some of these kids would pay because they were like, damn, this is good. Bun me. That's how it started, you know. But then is, isn't then it on the Like, it's like a... No, no, one day, less than one day, right? For one day? No, it's just one day you keep it in the fridge. Okay. That's how it started. Um, and then I moved into, um, I used to like 
trade and sell basketball cards, baseball cards. These were these mm. cards, and then probably yeah. nobody does that anymore. Um, moved into Pokemon cards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to get it. That, that's those addition in Vietnam, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to sell those. I would buy the packs, make sure I try to, and I get lucky. I would just, you know, it's a numbers game, and then I would try to get the good cards, and I would be selling it, flipping it to all these kids that were really into it. I was not into Pokemon. I could, I didn't give a shit about Pokemon. I just wanted to make money, you know? Early on, I was just hustling and like, and then uh, I moved into, I was, my dad taught me how to build computers and like CD burning. This is way before your time. CDs, we used to use CDs and we used to have Napster and I would download music. Obviously now it's all done with like, which is illegal back in the day. <laughs> I used to, I used to burn, burn CDs. So I would put like, at that time you buy like CD, blank CDs from like Fry's Electronics. And then you would, uh, people, all the kids in school would give me uh, their playlist, their music list requests, like 10 songs you could fit on a CD. And then I would, I would uh, flip it. I would have burned the CD and sell them for them for five bucks a CD. And then I moved into, uh, this is kind of all like illegal back in the day. <laughs> and then I moved into like uh, burning games, you know? So uh -huh. I could modify like PlayStations. I would modify PlayStations. Actually, I didn't even do it myself. Mm -hmm. I knew other people that did it back in the day and then we'd modify PlayStations. I hope I don't go to jail for this. But we'd modify PlayStations and then uh, uh, I would, I would uh, sell, so I would sell that service. I would take a cut. And then I would also burn games for them, you know? Mm. And I would sell those for like a five to $10 for like Sega Dreamcast, all this mm -hmm. stuff. So that's how, that's what like gave me, you know, it's like they always say when you get a taste of something, it's like, that's how it starts. And I started, you know, you could, I started doing that. I started hustling and, and trading. I did a lot of that. And then along the way, I moved into other things, online things, didn't really work out, but just experimenting a lot. You know, it's about experimenting. I think that's key in learning. Mm -hmm. And then um, how and then, come you decided to move to Vietnam though? Like, is it just like... That was, yeah, that was 2000s. Uh, I've always knew I wanted to be in Vietnam. You know, everyone that was close to me knew. Like, when I first visited, in terms of like an age that I could remember, which was like 14, every time I visited after that, I knew that I wanted to live in Asia. I was like, this is cool. Like, it's just different. You didn't, you know, I wasn't born there, right? And, you know, I have roots there. So, uh, I I moved there also because I you know my family is very small in the U.S. It's just my brother uh, sorry my, my sister and my dad and mom and then I moved to Asia you know my aunt uh, I had my aunts my uncles and then my grandmother at the time and I had my grandfather but my grandmother um, you know she she had cancer so I wanted to also be closer to her and that was a big part of it and then. It worked out, you know, I went there and I, I ended up working for uh, an awesome company at the time, uh, Nielsen, which does market research consulting. But I ended up, I was planning to only stay like two years. My grandmother passed away and I, now what, now we're into 12 years later, I'm still here, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I did, but my first um, stint in Vietnam in terms of entrepreneurship was, yeah, we opened, um, which is now, you know, we stopped. But um, called the bean store, which was like a soy bean concept. We're really early in the game, so that was two thousand. That was two thousand twelve, if I remember correctly. So it feels like a long time ago, and uh, yeah, uh, I did that with my then girlfriend. Uh, that was such a cool experience, a lot of learning, and honestly, because it was a first mover concept. Yeah, you know, we we did really well the first year, and then you know, continue to open more. Like that was like my first stint in F and B, so. It was uh yeah it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of uh a lot of learning, just a lot of fun. I think. And then F and B, you, just, you heard a lot like. 
why why you decide at Mandito? Yeah. Because there are so many space in Vietnam to do, but then you choose a very yeah. competitive space to be in. Yeah, it is. I was just that's exactly what I was just gonna say. Look, there's so many ways to make money, right? Mm -hmm. To earn money. But I just happen to you know, F and B is about it is a lot of it like, you know, the language of food. It's it's universal. Anyone can enjoy food, right? Or enjoy a space together. And it's about bringing people together. And I've always been, I'm, I think I'm an extrovert. I mean, there, there's, I'm, I'm a mix, right? We all are. It depends on the time, the situation, mm -hmm. but I love bringing people together. And F&B is just, was just, it's such a cool, cool experience to, to develop spaces, to mm -hmm. build the brand, try to build a brand and experiment and, mm -hmm. and, you know, um, work in something that, yeah, brings just brings people together, and you get to work mm -hmm. on new products. I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Definitely, is it a space where you're gonna make a ton of money? You can, as obviously, you know, a lot of people still make a ton of money if you you can make do really well if you you know if you scale, right? Just mm -hmm. like tech, you have to yeah. scale. You can't you can't open one location and be like you know filthy rich. But if you open ten, you know, obviously like Heidi Lau, right? Heidi Lau is an example. The most recent one, they. That that is crazy, right? Over a billion dollar valuation, whatever. So you can. It all depends. I've never. I mean, I'm ambitious, but never been like that. And and also, you know, things just for our business didn't always. It didn't work out the way we wanted, and mm -hmm. and that that's part of the learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for, would you advise for people that like want to be in FMP, especially in Vietnam, like? You would say if you just plan to be in, you know, like a small SME business, then you shouldn't do it, and you should choose some some other space. Or I, I mean, no, I, I it's, I never want to stop because people try to stop me, right? Mm. Um, I never want to stop anyone from trying anything, mm. because we want to encourage, because entrepreneurs are the people that are willing to take risks to keep the economy going, yeah. right? You need people to constantly develop and change and disrupt things in every way possible. Everyone is contributing. So I think though F&B, especially in Saigon, though, what I realized was at least a lot of the, the, the space I moved into, you know, for most people that I knew, F&B, it was like a side business, yeah. you know? And people... Um, other people, you're basically competing with people with a lot of resources. Maybe they do, you know, they have a tech company and they made, they've done really well and then they want to open a bar or restaurant. They could just, they could put in like $100,000, $200,000 and not expect a profit right away and it's still okay. And you know, when you're competing with somebody who has, in a way, infinite funds, that, that's hard to compete with, right? I, the business I was in, that was pretty much our, that was our business, right? We were living yeah. off that we were trying to. And so, um, when you have to rely on it that way, it's, it's much tougher and then you can't grow the same way. Cause you just, again, we don't have the same cash. Mm. So, um, in but short, like in, what I want to say is, mm -hmm. I, well, continue. You know, finish. Oh, back to your point, your question was, I wanted to say you can get into it, but everyone needs to look at, I, I don't believe in glorifying entrepreneurship too. At the same time though, I think you need to be realistic. And everyone's like, yo, follow your dreams, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, do whatever that makes you happy. Like, no, bullshit. Like, we're, unfortunately, and I don't, this is not to sound negative, but not everyone was born the same way, right? Mm -hmm. Not everyone's born with the same resources. And you have to balance that and find what will work for you and your family 
Like if you were to, you know, if you got like kids to feed and you decide to quit your job and do entrepreneurship and you have like six months of cash, like that's just foolish, right? Like, no, you shouldn't do that. You need to take a calculated risk. You need to really make sure that it's, um, you know, so that's what I mean. Like you need to assess your situation. So the way we glorify entrepreneurship now and all the successes is very dangerous because it encourages so much, but people need to look at their own situation, not, not let it limit them, but they really got to be realistic and then, and then try, yeah. you know? I mean, like you have to, you have to really know yourself, like how, how much risk you were willing to take. And then like, also yeah. it's not only just making a business, right? When you having a business, you have employees, that means that you are responsible for people and their families. And that's also a very, yeah. you know, heavy responsibility. If you are, it's, if you are unable to deal with that uh, heavyweight responsibility, then you shouldn't do it. Yeah. But I think in Saigon or like in Vietnam generals, like, um, sorry, but then why do you continue to do it? Because like you would clearly have the first experience with the blue store, right? Yeah. And then now you decided I, I to mean, do it again with Saigon Yeah. Yeah. At the time, there's a lot of reasons, right? Um, Again, not everything is solely about money. And there's a lot of things, you know, beyond that. And you look at, you have to look at your resources. And that's why, to, to be frank with you, I had to, I had to cut back or I had to really reflect as a team. Like we, we couldn't keep expanding and we had a lot of hiccups along the way. And we, we need to acknowledge our position in the market. And, you know, it, it's, it's an enjoyable experience. And I hope we can just, you know, at least do better we need to do better than we currently are and it's uh why do we get into it, it was, it's a very meaningful project you're sitting in what used to be my grandfather's house that was a big reason i wanted to convert that into something lively into something meaningful and we happened to at the time you know airbnb was doing very well homestays and that's what uh really i wanted to focus on and also we happen to have that space downstairs and my brother-in-law and sister love coffee they're big time passionate coffee folks and that, that was a big part of it. Just kind of, you know, just kind of fall into it. And then we wanted to work on that. I wanted to work on something at the time. I was just itching to work again. And, you know, I, I was, you know, my last major experience was the bean store, which we, we were able, we had a lot of fun with and we were able to have a return. And so I wanted to try and with another brand, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we did have a great start, but you know, a lot of things happened, a lot of, um, a lot of more competition too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the market changed and that's a, that's a big lesson in entrepreneurship these days. Things move fast and you have to be really flexible. You, mm-hmm. you got to adapt really fast. Do you really like do. the freedom of being a business owner? To do like stuff? Yeah. I mean, now that I've done both, you know, um, you, you have a preference for sure. I mean, the, the freedom is nice, right? You, you, you well people always think like being a boss is like okay yeah i'm a boss like no no you know especially in b you work even more and you're you you spend even more time because it's you know it's like your baby you, you just yeah. want to spend so much time on it you got to make sure you don't burn yourself out but it's um they always said that like I, well, I, being a boss can work anytime that you want but that means that you have to work all the time. yeah pretty much <laughs> and it, it right and like you were saying i think you mentioned earlier but it comes with a lot of responsibility you're, you feel you are responsible for your team. You know, you're responsible for a lot of stuff if it goes wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. If it goes right, too, you get no credit because that's the job of a, 
a true job, I think, of a leader is um, a founder. You know, you're yeah, we glorify Steve Jobs and all these other people, but for many small businesses, you know, nobody's patting me on the back, going, "Hey, good job, Tim. Good job, Tom. Like you did this, you did that." No, nobody cares, you know. But your job is to make sure everyone feels recognized, mm-hmm. except yeah. you. you know? <laughs> and and that's the job of a of a, of an entrepreneur. I think of a founder, of a leader. Your job is to make everyone else shine and make sure they feel important, special, and push them up. You know, that's mm-hmm. the servant leadership. So. And that's what leads to, you know, all that stuff around mental health for a lot of founders, entrepreneurs, you know, mm-hmm. it's tough because you're kind of, as many times you're very lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lonely road to be, have to deal with everything and you can't really share because, you know, you don't want to be showing that you're weak or you don't want to show everybody that's the struggle you've been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you have to show a vision to your team. You got to remain strong no matter what. No, right now, are war, you, you can't show staying strong for your team? are you doing that? I mean, that, that might, I mean, my sister has been really involved now, you know, um, because I am, you know, based uh, most of my time out of Singapore now, mm-hmm. um, working on other um, awesome projects related to, to, to saving the environment. Mm-hmm. And so my, yeah, you know, we are though, we are strong. We're realistic. We're cautiously, op- we're cautiously optimistic, like I shared with you. And I, I, I know the team knows that we're doing all we can. That's all you can show. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to have to make tougher calls, but we're doing what we can for a very small business to, mm-hmm. you know, work off the resources that we have. But yes, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just being really as authentic and open as you can be, you know, whatever you can share and be like, Hey, this is, we're going to have to do this and trying to call, get everyone all hands on deck right now to make sure we can get past this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you would, yeah, we were able to try to share as much as possible for the, for the staff to know what's going on, right? I think that's good, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, you shouldn't hide the difficulties. Like, a lot of owners think, oh, because, you know, you want to make sure that your staff is, you know, doing good jobs, um, so you don't share a lot of things behind the door for them. But I think sharing some of, like, to a certain extent, the difficulties actually a very good motivations to to the team and also to bond everybody to work harder, to be motivated, get through it together. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no. I mean that that yeah, exactly. That's all we can do. It's just, just being as positive as possible, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you do to de stress? Um, I'm always I've been running a lot. Mm-hmm. every almost every day just quick 5k but that's one way and then i think i mentioned earlier uh, meditate and then again socializing online talking to friends i think uh that that's been really helpful mm-hmm. um you've been making yeah, your own podcast right are you still doing it uh, <laughs> we always laugh about that yeah i made uh you know with my buddy jir and we would we we have like 10 episodes it's not really a podcast because it needs to be published so it's a it's an internal cast. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Just for you two to listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about a lot of stuff. And uh, I think we should release, some of it can be released. Some Too much of it is too, it's too, uh, <laughs> it's too explicit. <laughs> you know, we can't, we can't publish it. I mean, the war needs yeah. the raw and the, uh, authenticity that you guys are ca- able to capture yeah, yeah, those episodes. Yeah, but we're going to go, like, you know, the whole cancel culture. I think I'll get mm-hmm. banned and everything. 
<laughs> you're not even so, a, yeah, yeah. well you don't you only get canceled if you're like a influencer are you saying you're an influencer no, no i'm no i'm nowhere an influencer but i'm saying i could still get canceled like lose my job or lose whatever you know the whole business and That's nobody true. wants to support you know because i talk hella crazy stuff for fun we're just having a lot of fun we you know we, we get together we shoot the shit we talk about so many mm-hmm. many things so yeah um uh, yeah I, I think that's the best i think fitness for me you know i i get sick a lot i have a pretty um many people know like i have a pre-existing condition so i'm i try to stay very active stay healthy especially during this time but that's a way to really de-stress mm-hmm. after this i'm gonna go i mean it's beautiful weather i'm gonna go for a run i yeah. I, I was doing yoga or stretching earlier because okay. i have a, a shoulder injury from from muay thai but i'm i try to stay active i think it's really important i think you need to be it's not about like looking buff or like you know six pack it's about being active and i think it's very helpful for de-stressing and and just uh-huh. to stay mobile especially when you're after 30 mm-hmm. i think mobility is very important you know yeah all that and we're sitting so much now right mm-hmm. now yeah i yeah. sit like 10 12 hours a day because you know i work eight hours and i i sit down for dinner and then yeah and then i i i, I call somebody and i have to sit on my my laptop again from yeah, eight, eight, eight a.m. to get, twelve a.m. the next day. You should get um, one of those standing desks. You know the standing caddy. I have one of those. You can buy yeah. it for like um, forty dollars in Vietnam. It's probably like ten thousand, eight hundred thousand, okay. something mm-hmm. like that. But you put it on top of your table so you can like stand and work. Ah, okay. Uh, you know, actually, it's a cheap, I, you know, I, I never do that before. Keep like working, oh. standing. Like I never done that before. I, I love it. I, would, I love it. I love it. I love oh, it. I actually so. want to try it. <laughs> You you should. I stand. I think it's very important to um to make sure you're standing like every twenty five minutes. I get up. I get up a lot. You know. Oh, that's that How long have we been chatting five? for? I think yeah. we've been oh, yeah. chatting for like I have no idea. Yeah. Let's talk Ooh. a little bit. Hold on. Okay, we're back. Yo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a very interesting chat. Um, we're not only talking about intense. Our, yeah, intense. I would say um, we're not only talking about, it, but it's good, right? Because we we're able to talk about a different side of entrepreneurship, which is it's just not yeah. always good and not always the same. Because people are promoting being entrepreneur and having your own business a lot, but then you have. But then yeah. there's also a lot of people that, you know, tried and it's not good for them, right? So yeah. w- would you, would you, how, um, so your story is that you quit your job and then, right? You quit your job and then you start business and then you do it like several times like that. Would you say that you, you know, do you say it's worth it? Yeah. Uh so, you know, when I started last time, the bean store, I was still, I was still working, uh, consulting. So part time, I reduced my hours, you know, but I was still, I still had a uh, day job, if you will, with a, with a, you know, with pay, monthly pay and everything. So that, that, and I, I bring that up because, you know, and then this, this most recent, the past, you know, four years, uh, yeah, I left, um, a really cushy corporate job. You hear that a lot. And then I just went right into it. 
I think, so do I still, to be clear, do I recommend entrepreneurship for anyone or anyone who wants to like pack their bags or even go to a new market, like new country? Hell yeah. Like I, again, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. You just got to look at your situation. But I would also recommend though, we live in, and then especially it's very true today, we're going to see a lot of new things come out in the next few months, right? Because there's a lot of, a lot of creative people right now, a lot of uh, look, people looking at opportunity. And what, what that said is you can still keep your daytime job and you could probably start a business on the side online, right? These days, everything's online. So if we're talking about in particular F and B or these brick and mortar, it will be a bit more difficult, right? If, uh, but with more and more is just moving into all these online businesses. So yeah, you can, I would recommend what I do recommend is if I did it again, just like when I did the bean stores, you know, you don't have to like go all in right away. You know, like the game of poker, you know, you go all in, you go once and boom, you're done. Right. But if you go, you know, you make some bets and you, you can play the game much longer and beat out your opponents too. And so that's what I recommend is like, you don't have to realistically, a lot of people can't just quit their jobs and they shouldn't. Um, and so you can take it step by step. Not everything has to be again, all in, you know, and same thing with the, with, so, but that's why even more, I would say now it's even easier. If you, let's say you want to start a business, but it requires you being in a different country because you want to live there that you can still do. And you can negotiate with your employer these days. Right. That's what I mean. COVID is going to change a lot. It's going to change the game. Like, realize that people can be distributed teams like work across the world you know and maybe you can negotiate that with your you've always had a dream to open you know a tea house in taipei or something and you're based out of new york you know what i mean like and let's say you you can negotiate a lot you can get creative these days everything's changing because of covid too maybe you can then move to taipei still keep part of your job work part-time make a bit less money or something and then you can still do what you want at a much uh with less risk, you know. Do you think? Yeah. They, well, do you think due to COVID, people would you know take risk more, just to you know live life, and you know you only live once because everything's so fragile now. Or do you think they would be more careful in general? That's a really uh, that that's a big question. Um, look, would I think. You, would you would you be more careful? Or would you, you know, willing to, you know, whatever, because right now. I mean, I'm, I think, again, that, that question is very much tied to your situation, your life stage. Again, it's easy to say if you're single, you have no dependents. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would definitely take more risk. I wouldn't be scared. But I think if I had a wife and family to, you know, uh to feed and you know we we have dual income or little income we're only single income then you got to think of you got to have a different approach right mm -hmm. i think we're now you're going to see both like in anything that's why in crisis there's opportunity right mm -hmm. you're going to see a lot of people who are going to be fearing you know which is a mix of me too myself very concerned very cautious and you're going to see a lot of some people take risks why because also you got to remember um when you have nothing to lose like, why be scared? Right now, some people have nothing already. So they might take even more risks, you know? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. That's I think, yeah, I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot of exciting stuff in 2021. Meaning whatever happens this year, you're going to see a lot of people working in the background right now. They're probably working on a lot of, there's probably a lot of companies that are starting up at the same time, like you said, that mm -hmm. we don't know, know about yet. 
because of this crisis. And all of a sudden, next year, you're, you're going to hear about them, right? They always say, like, it comes up that success happens overnight, right? But they've been working quietly and, you know, whatever it is to, to address whatever problems. And all of a sudden, 2021, January, February, well, all of a sudden, we hear about these amazing companies with these founders and, you know, uh, yeah, hopefully that, that could even be us or whatever yeah. we're working on. That'd be really exciting. So, yeah. There's, they say that this right now is the best time to invest, right? Not only for personal investment, but that right now a lot of um, investment funds, they also um, closing yeah. deal and work, work oh. very actively because right now is the best time to fund startups. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's why, again, if you have, if you were frugal and you were smart and you have a lot of cash right now, things are cheap, right? Mm. Everything is going to be cheaper, much cheaper. All the businesses that have these crazy valuations, they won't. And now private equity or whoever has does has cash are going to come in and be like, they're going to buy things on, on a big discount, you know, mm -hmm. from real estate to startups to businesses to everything you could think of. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, there's a lot of opportunity at the same time. There's a, there's mm -hmm. a ton, you know. Yeah, and I think that, that yeah, like anyone that um, could stay calm, you know, see, look at the statistics, keep updated but don't look at the news too much yeah so that you won't get yeah. there and then yeah you just focus on yeah. whatever you're doing try to solve it try to make it uh you know sustainable and yeah i right. think everybody's gonna make it out from it right right yeah all right i think that's oh. a wrap for our podcast thank you Anton, for oh. uh, joining yeah. this episode i think this is an excellent episode for this current time i hope everybody uh you know would find some interesting information about. Um, if you want to check out some cafe, where do they find it? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we have our website, uh, SaigonSiblings.vn. We got, you know, of course, the IG, the Instagram, Saigon Siblings. You can uh, find us on there. Obviously, the Facebook too. Uh -huh. um, our other brand right now, it, it's closed temporary. is Modern Hustle. You can find us, you know, on Facebook uh, as well. Or if you're in Saigon, you know, um, yeah, you can find us on Google Maps. So Saigon Sibling is actually doing yeah, yeah. a lot of local art uh, collaborations, right? We, uh, yeah, we work with a lot of, um, so the thing has always been about working with a lot of uh, supporting the local community. So we work with a lot of other small brand owners. We promote mm -hmm. their work and we, we consign a lot of the products at our shops at Modern Hustle and Saigon Siblings. Background right um, yeah. here is that also the product? Yeah, collaborating. Yeah, we have some of our own products. We have some of our own products. Yes, you know, like uh, that that really dope tote bag my sister picked, and then yeah, you know, coffee mugs, all the all the cute goodies, and yeah, uh, yeah we have the although right now you know it pretty much doesn't exist, but we had for the longest time our, our homestay as well, Sunday Studios, part of uh, Saigon Siblings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually, especially I love the house blend, the latte. So I personally don't drink coffee at all, but I think Siren Sibling Cafe or latte yeah. is the only place I could drink and I could, you know, enjoy it a lot. And then like, yeah, Kevin, emotional friend, also loved your house blend. So he always buy a tons of them whenever he visits. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. Thank you for oh. joining this episode. Yeah, yeah that's a wrap. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Okay. Bye-bye. Right.